Everybody, uh, come out of your offices, please. Party has now started. Here we go. Let's go. Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. What do you think it takes to get off of Santa's naughty list? How much do you have in your nest egg? Uh, all the money? That's that. I'm gonna bribe Santa. Everybody dance now! Actually, that's probably a way to stay on his naughty list. Everybody dance now! Coming to you almost live from your office Christmas party. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your Yuletide hosts. I think I've said that before. Yeah, probably. But it's because this time of year, that's exactly what we are. It's true. We are here to carry you, to lift you on the wings of angels and carry you through the holidays. It's true. (laughs) We possess the ability (laughs) to mount you upon angels. And uh, and get you through this crazy season. And I know we talk about it every year. Really do love Christmas. It's true. It's uh, uh, one thing I don't love about this time of year is my inevitable illness. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had whooping cough that debilitated me for several episodes. No kidding. This uh, year, I'm coming off of the flu, so I apologize if my voice sounds a little scratchier than normal. But uh, we're here. We're here for you. We're powering through it. We are. We're doing the thing that Scott said we do, which is lifting you up on the wings of... Wings? Did we say that? Yep, the wings of angels. Yeah, and uh, Scott's going to do it with a damn scratchy voice, but if it makes you feel more comfortable, you can pretend he's a phone sex worker. That's what I do, even when his voice sounds normal. Hello. (laughs) I was going to say more, and you made me crack up. I was going to ask what you were wearing. (laughs) But I can clearly see I'm wearing a Christmas sweater. It's not really a Christmas sweater. It's also all I'm wearing. Yeah. He, to be uh, fair, it is floor length, though. It yeah. was made way too big for me. It's kind of... Uh, it's almost like a Christmas muumuu. Yeah. Really. Or a Snuggie of some sort. <laughs> um, uh, so what, what's, uh, what are the big happenings at Christmas other than getting over this illness? What do you... What is the plan? Oh, the usual rigmarole. Yeah. Going, going around to everywhere. And doing everything possible. Anita hates it. She absolutely does. But she puts up with it largely because I love it. It's and and because she loves you. It's so true. To uh, to Anita, we will we'll endeavor to lift you up on the wings of angels. <laughs> it's it's not entirely fair to say she hates it. She likes seeing everyone over Christmas. But it's exhausting, right? But it is exhausting. And by the end of it, she's just like, never again. We're never doing Christmas again. And then, of course, by next Christmas, she's like, oh, well, we need to go see that family and that family. It's yeah. tough trying to cram everyone in when you have such a limited time. And, and such a large family. Yeah. And and now they're not entirely spread across Hell's Half Acre. Uh, no. not uh, uh, My benefit is that most of my extended family are fairly local. Okay. That's uh, Anita's extended family is a little more far flung. But, I mean, we make a point to see the ones who are around. Cool. So. That, uh. My, um. My family has made it a little easier on us the last couple of years. They've uh, started um, having a pre-Christmas Eve Christmas Eve party. Traditionally, the bourgeois would, would have a little Christmas Eve gathering, but because everybody's so busy, especially uh, myself and my cousins, our generation, yeah. having most of us having gotten married, having our own families now, um, someone last year decided, you know what? Let's have our Christmas Eve party a week early. Hmm. And that way, everyone can can come a little early. We all have the chance to visit and do what we would normally do on Christmas Eve. And then we don't have to worry about church for those who need to worry about that. We don't have to worry about conflicting family plans, nothing like that. So much easier. That's great. That it sounds is. fantastic, actually. And calm. Indeed. Very calm. Oh, well, they're still drinking. Have you? Well, uh, yeah. As there will be. So if, if it's not, if you're suggesting that... Uh, drinking is the antithesis of calm. Is it just like furious, <laughs> furious boozing? Just like, just like it's, an- it's like boozing. dedicated, it's like dedicated <laughs> boozing. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, are you done your Christmas shopping? Uh, I had intended to be, but then I had this crippling flu, and uh, that actually sent me back a few days. So uh, I will be finishing my Christmas shopping this week. It won't be quite last minute. That's good, but uh, still late enough in the season that I'm. 
kind of dreading going out in the next couple of days. But. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's it's probably not a big deal um, for most people to get it done early. But if, if you're one of those people who can't, having to brave the malls, I don't envy you. No. And by you, I mean us, because I still need to do <laughs> most of my Christmas shop. Well, yeah, a lot of my Christmas shopping. Uh, I do so. have most of mine done. Um, Anita and I went first week of December. She took a day off work that I would normally have off. Yeah. And we hit the mall that afternoon, and it was surprisingly not that busy. Uh, And then four days later, so a weekend had passed, Mm -hmm. and it was like now a Tuesday. Right. uh, I went back to that same mall on an errand, and it was packed at that same time. So a tremendous difference that uh, four days had made. Wow. That's, uh, That's terrifying. Yeah. It is abject terror that I'm feeling right now. I can only imagine how bad it'll be right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not no. going to West Edmonton Mall, that's for sure. Well, and you know, I, I, the, what Rachel and I like to do is to go to uh, the city center mall because um, I don't imagine this is very good for the people who have stores there, but it's less busy than the other malls and, you know, conveniently located for us anyway and, and easy to get to and all that stuff. So it's it's not too, too bad for us, but... Um, but I just haven't really had the opportunity to make my way out there and put a real dent in the Christmas shopping that I need to do. So that's part of what I'm going to be doing this next week. Uh, we uh, we actually have recently, in the past few years, found Southgate to be a good uh, Christmas shopping destination. Yeah, it's not bad. It's uh, They've really classed up that joint. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to put it right there. Yeah. Uh, it's got a, a lot of kind of higher-end boutique stores. It's still got a couple of the uh, like larger department stores, your Sears, your Bay, uh, where you can get some of the, the staples that you would get for Christmas. You just um, you buy a lot of staples for a Christmas, bunch of, hey? well, yeah. a, bunch of, a bunch of niche stores, your, your uh, um, I want to say, Source by Circuit City. There it is. I was, yeah, I was fishing that. for the name. And for, and uh, for those, your EB Games, your, your HMV, your, your Apple, Apple Store, store yeah. your Lego Store now. Oh, so uh, it's actually a really good destination for Christmas shopping. Yeah. You can get most of your Christmas shopping done there. Yeah, and, and hopefully in one day hopefully. at the beginning of December. Yeah. Um, I actually, Rachel and I bought, uh, we, we usually do those shitty chocolate advent calendars, like the really thin ones that you can buy at uh, Save on Foods or Safeway. And this year, we decided to buy Lego Advent calendars. Um, And you can get a city set one. You can get a pink one for girls, which I don't advise because they can play with boy shit, and it doesn't matter. And um, she, so I got the Lego City Advent calendar, and she got the uh, Star Wars one, um, which is great. The only problem is I think it's clear to me the Star Wars one is really definitely unapologetically geared towards children and the reason for that is because none of the vehicles or 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 characters you can get in it are from episodes four five or six it's all from episodes one two and three and so every time she opens something she's like i don't really know what this is i mean it's cool it it's a nice little ship but i have no clue what it's from so it's sadness for her but i've been uh, instagramming every single uh every single day of my advent calendar so if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm just Bingo Fuel. And uh, Dana DiTomaso remarked to me the other day uh, on Twitter, I can't look at Instagram in the morning until I've opened my advent calendar because you're basically ruining Christmas. She might have said that. Uh, that is basically Adam in a nutshell. A Christmas ruining ruiner. Christmas every day. <laughs> I, and I go out of my way to do it because I'm a jerk. <laughs> And that's why I'm on Santa's naughty list. And why you've been trying to get off of it for years. With we might be able to ask Santa about it a little later. It's true, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what uh, he or one of his uh, representatives has, has to, to say, say on the matter. Yes, yes. Now, um, the last time you were going to say something. Well, no. You, you already started your segue. Far be it from me to interrupt with my segue. The last time that we were together... Uh, when we had Brittany LeBlanc on the show, we talked uh, before we sh- we chatted with Brittany. We talked a little bit about Yeg Game. Yes, this this um, whole city uh, whole city game that would force people to to experience Edmonton in in, in various ways. Have you gotten any feedback on it since? I've then? had exactly zero feedback. There is no interest in this game at all. Uh, there there is because there was initial interest on Twitter, and admittedly, I have not had the time since the last episode to really 
put much work into it. Exactly. But uh, the call is still out there. If you are interested in helping to create a social game that encourages people to engage in the city, uh, drop us a line. Yeah. Because we're, we're, we're going to look at making this happen. We want to we talk about it. And we want your ideas. We want to know how to make it a reality. Indeed. Speaking of making things a reality. I love reality. <laughs> it's my favorite place. Uh, one thing that didn't come to fruition in the last year, mm-hmm. um, which uh, we kind of kept on the DL. So this, this might be the first time we've actively brought it up on the show. I think it is. Uh, was something called Podstravaganza. Oh, yes. And the idea was to uh, get ourselves and essentially all of the other local podcasts that we could get uh, together to do one podcast. Um, and there was some, some crazy formula involved with that. And it, the idea was to do it perhaps uh, in support of charity or something. Um, and the reason why this is top of mind again is because, of course, the holiday season is a time of charity. And... Uh, so it, it got me thinking about this, and uh, we discussed it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, over dinner some months ago about maybe uh, maybe coming back with this idea. So I'm just going to kind of float it out there. Let's put it out there. A tentative floating out there. Um, maybe not quite the pod extravaganza we had in mind before, but Adam and I discussed perhaps sometime in the new year some sort of pod-a-thon mm-hmm. for charity, where... Uh, we and other local podcasts would live stream a continuous 24-hour podcast for charity. Um, and we think this is an interesting idea. So and, if, and insane. And, well, yes. I mean, obviously, you'd switch up podcasts through the show. But you would, you would make it continuous so that for 24 hours, there would be an, an ongoing Edmonton-based podcast. And we could stream the whole thing. That would be the idea. Yeah. So uh, if you have an Edmonton-based podcast, there's something else you can drop us a line about. Yeah. We're just kind of putting that out there, something to keep in mind for the new And we've we've talked to, uh, you know, just a few people. Um, We've talked with uh, James Leask and Brandon Schatz about it. We've talked with the girls from I Dig Your Girlfriend. Yep. And we were even discussions with... um, I think Jay Runham as well. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's just a few that I can remember. There was uh, there were there were a couple other Edmonton-based podcasts we had we had been in touch with about it who expressed some initial interest. Yeah. So. Exactly. So, um, so we're on the road to thinking about when and where and how we might do that, but it'll be a reality in 2014. I I dare say, before the end of next summer, that would be my goal. I would like for that to happen before the end of summer. Wow. You look, you look upset. You putting, look, <laughs> you're putting a lot of words in our mouth there. Well, it's important to set goals, Scott. Fair enough. And here we are setting them like a couple of go-getters. Tangible, reachable goals. Well, I didn't say reachable. Okay, fair I, I just said Tangible goals. goals. Yeah, it's true. It's true, yes. Now, there was a funny thing. In our last episode, we talked about, of course, the thing that all Edmontonians talk about, which is the weather. Yep. And uh, are we going to talk about it again? Sort of, in a roundabout way. Okay. Um, Of course, um, when we have this kind of weather, everyone is upset that we're having it. Uh, They're inconvenienced by the lack of immediacy of the city's plows getting out there. Uh, As though they have never seen this weather before and have never had to deal with the city dealing with it before. And don't understand what limited resources means. I'm basically shitting on everyone who complains about snow removal right now. Uh, Fun fact, for those of you who uh, weren't aware or following the news this week, uh, we have had such tremendous snowfall uh, so far this year, and it is not even winter yet. I'm going to point that out. Yeah, that's right. Uh that the city has already gone through its entire 2013 snow budget. It's unbelievable. All of the money is gone. And aren't they over? Yeah. They're, at this point, they're borrowing money. Jeez. They're borrowing money to continue to remove snow. They're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Essentially. Peter is the guy who holds on to the money for the snow budget, and Paul is driving one of those blading machines, in case you didn't know. Uh, yeah, well, at least I that, do. that's the way I understand it. Yeah. But of course, um, it gets everyone up in arms and, and it doesn't just happen here in Edmonton. It happens down in Calgary as well. Which you wouldn't expect because Calgary apparently 
doesn't get snow like we do. Not like we do. No. They have an entirely different climate three hours south. <laughs> That's true. They're used to snow falling and it melting immediately um, because of Chinook arches and all that good stuff. But there was a, an exchange between the mayor of Calgary and a young woman on Twitter um, that that picked up a lot of interest because it wound up on Reddit and it was talked a lot talked about a lot online. Um, and what it boils down to is that this young woman was um, criticizing the city's snow plowing efforts. And, and the way that she's being described on the Huffington Post, Alberta, is that she was belligerent and upset about the state of Calgary roads after two weeks of unusually uh, cold and snowy conditions, but, but almost unforgiving of this fact with the mayor. And so she engaged Nenshi in an exchange, and it wasn't, I wouldn't call it uh, friendly, in fact, I would call it rude in a lot of ways. And and so, you know, Nenshi was sort of a little bit rude back because he felt like, you know, this isn't, I've been trying to be nice to this girl and, and she's not responding. Anyway, what wound up happening is that uh, most of the internet sided with Nenshi. Nenshi has a bit of a fan base, I would say. Well, and also the moral high ground in this case. Yeah. Um, he does not control the weather and he's doing his best to facilitate snow removal in his city, I'm sure. I don't I don't imagine that a politician would sit there and think, you know, we should really drag our asses on snow removal. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Yeah, this one thing Alberta. that'll make our lives easier, we're just going to ignore it yeah. and be really casual about it. But anyway, um, so, but all these people on Twitter started attacking this, this woman. Her name was Cats in Wonderland, and Wonderland didn't have an O in it. And... Um, you know, it got to the point where Nenshi said, please, everybody, leave this woman alone. She doesn't deserve this kind of abuse. You cannot find her account anywhere on Twitter anymore. Now, I've seen similar exchanges between our mayor, Don Iveson, and, and people, you know, complaining about snow removal in their neighborhoods. And I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on this because it, it gets talked about a lot. I think it's cool that the mayors in Alberta are super engaged online, but at what point should they put down their phones and and you know really think about what's what's directly physically in front of them? Do you have any do you have any thoughts on that? Not really. And the reason I say that is because it's quite a new phenomenon, really, mm -hmm. um, to have politicians who are uh, so directly. Uh, and I, I should specify politicians on the level of like a mayor, yeah, a civic mayor who are uh, as actively engaged as they are with their constituents over social media, as you see with Nenshi and Iveson. Um, you don't really get that many other places. Not and, really. And it's, it's I, not to say that social media is new, and not to say that politicians using social media is new, but politicians using social media in such an immediate and personal way is kind of new territory. Mm -hmm. um, the prime minister's Twitter account is run by like, five other people his staff who send out basically his press releases exactly yeah. like that's not really prime minister harper you're tweeting at don't bother trying to though the same thing could be said for for president obama i imagine that he occasionally jumps in there with a tweet of his own but that, that's also run by his communications no staff. yeah but with uh with ninchy and iveson it's pretty much just them as far as i know and that's impressive uh i would say that that's uh probably very difficult to uh, maintain the level of social engagement that they do and still uh, be able to get through their day. Yeah. Because I imagine they get inundated with tweets. And um, the, the main downside that I see so far is that, and I think we touched on this last time, uh, people have started using, uh, here in Edmonton at least, and I'm sure it's the same with Nenshi down in uh, Calgary, people have started using it essentially as 311. I have a problem with the city, so I'm just going to tweet Mayor Iveson and get it cleaned up. And a few people, my pothole. A <laughs> it's a few. That's people not what it's for. Have commented about this and said, you know, understand. You want. You, it's nice to have a direct line to the mayor, and, and you know, uh, more than anything else, or as much as anything else, I imagine that that these guys take some of that information to their staff and say, we have to do something about this, but you can't expect them to respond all the time. No. What I thought was kind of interesting is that the, the Huffington Post did a poll, an uh, online poll. Of course, it is, it is a straw poll, so there's no scientific validity to it. So I don't want anyone commenting about polls. This means you, Greg Beaver, because now that I've said it, you're going to say something. 
know. We talk about him a lot behind his back in front of his face. But it's because uh, Greg listens to the show and he will respond. <laughs> Greg, you are the only one. Anyway, a quick poll. The question was, what do you think of the exchange between Nenshi and this woman? Um, Nenshi's right, but he shouldn't be engaging publicly like this. 39.1% uh, agree. Nenshi's right. Somebody has to put people like this in their place. 47.7 people agree. They're both being childish, said about 10%. And then about 4% said she's right. Nenshi needs to be held to account. So I think, I think some, you know, according to this poll, most people liking, like to see the mayor laying the smack down a little bit. Well, um, there's something to be said about watching a politician... Um, stand up for themselves. For sure. I guess would be the best. I mean, without necessarily have, coming to a point where they've, they've been politic about it, if you understand my meaning there, mm-hmm. where they've tried to be diplomatic and they've, and they've tried to, to use a soft touch, but there comes a point where they react like a person would react and go, okay, listen. And that's kind of refreshing, I think, for some people. So you don't, you don't see that very often. It's, it's kind of it's crazy that that's refreshing. And I don't mean like... Rob Ford belligerence, no, where, no. where that's just their default. I mean, they've they've been pushed, and now they're just going, okay, listen. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. You're acting like a dick. Please stop. That's right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like it, but I, I do feel like at times, you know, perception is reality. So, um, you know, mayors, politicians, counselors, ease off the Twitter a little bit. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be the, the place where you stay super engaged all the time. Check in every now and then. But the one thing I don't want to see are politicians staring at their crotches in meetings and that sort of thing because they're checking their, their Twitter or that, that kind of thing. So that lays to rest the Twitter argument with politicians, doesn't it? I think so. I think we've, we've definitively ended that discussion. Yeah. We have, we have put the stamp on that. Now... Uh, Every year, uh, it's unknown studio tradition, uh, and it will continue to be unknown studio tradition long after Scott and I drive a car off a cliff holding and, hands like Thelma and Louise. And, uh, and this podcast uh, passes on like a legacy superhero's title to two young bucks who carry on the mantle and uh, continue to uh, bring you... <laughs> the kind of enlightened discourse that you are used to. We, uh, we really need to talk about, um, about planning for this, this inevitable future. If, we're, if we are to get... For the passing of the torch. If we are to get replacements after we, have, we are long dead, we're going uh, to need to start thinking about who that might be. Who might that be? I don't think they're even born yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. By Specifically because t- I'm thinking we need to clone ourselves. Yeah. Um, so if, you have, if you've got any kind of expertise at all in, in cloning or, or genetics. Do drop us a line. Please. Uh, the show at theunknownstudio.ca. Yeah. We will definitely check that email. I, I can almost guarantee it. But ever since we started this show, even more consistently than the Fast 15, I would say. Uh, that is probably accurate um we will exchange gifts at christmas time because we're friends yeah and that's what friends do that is what friends do um so here we are getting ready for the ye old unknown studio gift exchange well i have a large box for you that is true Uh, you have assorted wrapped shenanigans for me you bet so um Shall I, shall I go? Shall I proceed with uh, Well, I have like, two smaller ones, and you have one larger one. So I'll open one of my smaller ones. I like this idea. And then you open your larger one, and then I'll open... I'll, I'll in fact, open the smallest one. Okay, yes. Uh, which I'm going to guess is some manner of chocolate. Oh, no, you are not correct. Oh. No, I decided to do something a little different. It is definitely... Oh, it's a tree ornament of a uh, Christmas bumble. Yeah. Uh, who is, of course, the abominable snowman from the classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I knew you would know. Uh, there's some people, astonishingly, who don't know about this Christmas special. Really? Yeah. Because it is like the ubiquitous children's holiday movie. Yeah. Yeah, with the, the claymation and like, shit. Like the Santa Claus? No. No. No, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the one... 
at the top of that hill. I agree. And I've, all others are number two and lower. Yeah, and they can suck it. Basically. <laughs> Do you guys have a you guys have a tall Christmas tree, right? Not, uh, not a four-footer. Correct. Yeah, so, so there's probably room for that somewhere. I will guarantee it. I, I hope so. Okay, great. Now I'm going to open Scott's gift. It is a large package. A lot of things that Scott has are large packaging. <laughs> and it appears to be a board game. Oh, my Lord. It is the... <laughs> it is Star Trek Catan. This is amazing. This is fantastic. Well, you are uh, known to be a fan of Star Trek. It, it's, it is known. And Catan is a great board game. I love Catan. So obviously the marrying of those two things uh, is something that you would appreciate. I'm going to read a little bit from the back because it's interesting. Star Trek Catan transports the timeless game, game concept of the world's most acclaimed board game. Is that true? Um, it's certainly up there. Of Settlers of Catan into the exciting Star Trek universe, the popular characters of the Starship Enterprise come into play through novel new support cards. I was, that was air quotes. You can't see those. When I pause I think, like that... I think people could, could they tell, knew. just instinctively. Build, trade, and settle where no one has gone before. This is great, Scott. Thank you. You are welcome. I can't I'm going to open your second Please one. Please do, yes. This, is, this feels T-shirt-ish. It, it, you may be right. I seem to recall you got me a T-shirt last year. It seems like a trend. Ooh. It looks vaguely Doctor Who-ish. Yeah, I couldn't resist. Uh, it appears to be Daleks. Graffito da Daleks. Indeed, as though Banksy had, had tagged this T-shirt with Daleks. Maybe he did. Well. He probably didn't. That is delightful. I'm going to wear that in the very near future. Good stuff. Not immediately, though, because I am, as previously stated, wearing my Christmas moomoo. A really, really long sweater <laughs> that only... <laughs> That only kind of fits. Adam and I believe very strongly in continuity. Uh, yes. And so we take copious notes of everything we say throughout the podcast just so that we can make callbacks it, like that. It's true. I think except the exception to that is when we say, <laughs> we'll post a link to this thing on our website. I think we're probably about 50-50 <laughs> That's on true. That. Yeah. So that's something we have to get better at. But thank you very much. I can't wait to play Star Trek X. And I can't wait to wear my Dalek graffiti t-shirt. Well, so Merry well, Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, sir. We that are, is the sound of Christmas water. That is the sound of Christmas water. It's actually called that, too. <laughs> Festive water it's, from Edmonton's municipal water source. <laughs> that's true. So there you go. Merry Christmas, Scott, and Merry Christmas to all of you. And, and right about now, you, you look like you had something to say. I was going to wish you a Merry Christmas oh, back and a Merry Christmas to all of you as well. Yeah. All, are we up to 50s of listeners at this point? Uh, probably. I think we are. Yeah. So, so Merry Christmas to you, our listeners. Without you, we'd probably still be here, but no one would hear us. We, we would talk into a void. It's true. We'll be back in just a little bit. We're going to be chatting with Greg Lasky, a gentleman who's worked as a mall Santa. That should be pretty interesting. I agree. It had better be interesting. But, well, at the very least, it'll be festive. It, at the very least, there will be talking. It's true. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at guru digitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. We should take a moment yes. to thank a person, a singular person, uh, who is, in a way, sort of a Santa Claus himself. Very much so. Because he brings uh, the gift of knowledge to gleeful young boys and girls yep. who are looking to 
perhaps embark upon a new career in digital media. Almost certainly, yeah. Uh, here in the city of Edmonton. I'm, of course, referring to uh, that jolly old elf, Owen Brierley, over at Guru Digital Arts College. It's true, yes. He does bring toys to all the boys and girls, and those toys take the form of knowledge. <laughs> Owen drops knowledge bombs in the style of sequential art and illustration programs, digital media production programs, video game level design. They do it all over at Guru Digital Arts College, so check them out online, gurudigitalarts.com, and change your career or elevate your career. I guarantee you, you'll love it. Merry Christmas to the folks at Guru. So uh, we're very fortunate to have a very special someone in the studio with us this year for our Christmas episode, aren't we? We sure are. It's uh, jolly old St. Nick, or at least a stand-in for him. Uh, Greg Lasky has been a uh, mall Santa and party Santa for the past three or four years, you said. That's correct. Four years I sat down and figured it out. And, and what drew you to doing it in the first place other than your fantastic beard? He's, Greg has an unbelievable beard which we will photograph. So that you can witness the magnificent beard. Yeah. Actually, I sort of fell into it. I had no real plans to do this, but uh, of the different things I do, my everyday profession, I work for Edmonton Transit and Drive. And I think about four years ago, I know a few older gentlemen from the local legions around town. And if I volunteer my driving time, it's much cheaper for the legions on Remembrance Day to take their, their veterans to the various places. So a fellow at Edmonton Transit said, can you drive for me this uh, Remembrance Day? And I said, oh yeah, sure. After I had done my driving, I was invited down to the legion for a drink. I was sitting in a corner, trying to find a quiet corner there. <laughs> but this gentleman came up to me, uh, an older fellow with white hair, white beard, legion jacket on, and he looked at me. And then he just straight out and said, looking for a job. <laughs> and I kind of looked back at him and he said, looking for a job. And I sort of said, well, you've got to tell me a little more. <laughs> and then he just kind of straight out said, Santa, I saw the beard first, but the gut works too. <laughs> <laughs> and from there I gave him my email and he passed it on to uh, a fellow who runs a photographic company in town. And this gentleman and his company work do most of the mall Santas. Okay. And that's how it started. I was unaware that there were aggressive Santas roaming the city recruiting people. <laughs> and that is actually tremendous to hear. Yeah, that's really cool. So the, was the beard always this full? No, it was a little less so that particular year. Um, I'm kind of lazy and I don't like to shave. <laughs> then my wife would rather that I be clean shaven. So usually I have a fairly short one. But uh, once I started doing this a few years ago, and the first fellow I work with, they prefer Santas all with real beards. Usually I start about May and just let it go crazy from there. And by the time we get to late November, December, it's pretty full. Wow, yeah, it's very, it's it very lovely. It certainly puts both of our beards to shame. Yeah, we are clearly not even trying, no. comparatively speaking. So you said uh, you said a photographic company does prim primarily mall Santas. Have you been in nearly every mall in the city? I've been in a fair number. There's a couple malls they don't, they don't cover, but I sort of do uh, substitution work. I still work my regular day job, and then they'll give me a call and say, this particular company, they like to name their Santa, so it's I'm Santa Greg, and there's Santa John, and <laughs> the rest. And they'll say, Santa so-and-so at uh, Kingsway is not feeling well, could you do a few hours? So I, in the past four years, I've done Spruce Grove, Short Park, Kingsway, um, Southgate, Londonderry, I'm sure I've missed one there, but there's been most of the malls in the city. I'm I'm curious, is there are there like prestigious malls to be stationed in in the city? Are there like prime posts that mall Santas are jockeying to to get seated in? <laughs> I'm not sure about prestigious malls. I know that some of the Santas have been working the same malls for quite a number of years, and I think they have their favorites. I can certainly say there are much busier malls in the city. 
both uh, Kingsway Mall and Southgate, when you get in the chair, you're with a child almost every minute, or I certainly have. I'm not sure. Maybe they just give me the busy days or something. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, and I know I was actually offered Northgate the other day, but I couldn't make it. And the gentleman's been working out of Northgate for quite a number of years, and he's really at home there. And also, actually, last year I did substitute at Bonnie Dune and the gentleman there has been there for I believe somebody said 17 years wow and that was the one shift that he's been sick for in the past 17 years so he works seven days a row through the entire Christmas season and and when does that all get started for the mall Santas some of the real keen malls start almost right after Remembrance Day and the, the others they wait a few weeks but everybody's uh, Hits the ground running by, you know, last week of November. Cool. Okay. And and so you get the call. You're you're going to go stand in for a, a Santa who's fallen ill. What kind of things do you do, if anything, to get into character? Hmm. Well, apparently my beard is not white enough. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> I don't know. The powers that be. <laughs> The white beards photograph much better. So the, the one thing that I have to do, and I think most of them do a little touch-up, is you, there's some sort of white, I think of it as white-out, but you have to, or I have to paint it on my beard and, oh. and get all ready. And, and especially my mustache is yet a little bit brown and gray, so they would like you looking as, as Santa white as possible. Sure. And, and what about the, the manner of speaking, the, the jolliness? Does that just come naturally to you? I'm not as loud as some of the Santas <laughs> I've seen. Uh, the, the toughest thing for me to do is the ho-ho-ho part. But I think once I sit in the chair, it just, it's, it's, you're on. And it seems to work. Uh, I don't know if part of it is, you know, I do some public speaking and maybe this is just a way of tailoring it for, for youth and children. But then, of course, we have adults and everybody else that comes to visit. So, That's actually going to be my next question, too. Uh, do you find uh, that the number of people year to year remains fairly steady or has it been dropping off or has it been increasing over the years? Just the amount of kids and people you see come through? I, not knowing the long term, but it's been... I would say high steady the past four years that I've been doing it. Any time that uh, I worked Kingsway on the 23rd, I believe it was, and uh, I sat in the chair at 11 and I got up to use the washroom at four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was it was a long day. It's, it's lucky that I guess I was a little dehydrated that day or something. And then they give us a, an hour break and then I came back at five o'clock and after that, it kind of slowed down, and it was a nice, comfortable pace. But uh, there's the odd day that, uh, I mean, you try to spend a little time with each visitor, but it's like, hi there, what's your name, what would you like, smile for the picture if it's for a picture, and, and here's a candy cane, and next. And I, I would, you know, sometimes you, it's hard to avoid that, but it's nice to spend a little time with it. The other day, I had a lady that said, you know, you... A child was crying or something and we took the time to get friendly and everything and we had some smiling child pictures and everything so the the mom or grandma said you did a really good job with that so i th took that as a compliment that's great you should have just said well yeah i'm, I'm santa claus yeah. <laughs> i've got a lot of experience with this is this. what i do with kids basically yeah. i've seen a, a few uh um, Christmas movies with mall Santas where they complain about their their knee getting sore with, with pulling kids up onto their knee. Is that part of what you have to do is have them on your lap or anything like that? Well, I prefer to have them sitting on my knee and I'm... I, thankfully, I guess I'm not uh, too old or something that I can't lift them <laughs> on the knee or anything like that. But I, what I like to do is I like to give the children an option of which knee they would like to choose Ooh. and then they can pick which side they can go to and everything like that. But I find for the most part, children are, are light for the most part and adults don't put all of their weight on my knee. <laughs> but there's the odd person that'll sit down and they'll put all their weight on your knee and you're going, that's uh, not a small person. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. Um, what, uh, what are some of your, do you have any favorite memories of being a mall Santa? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, 
it, it seems there's always something new happening. I'm a relatively new mall Santa, I think, and every year there's some new experiences uh, from you know, children bringing, usually what they do when they bring you a list is they don't write out the list most often. They just cut out and paste onto a sheet of paper and this is sort of what they want. But um, um, let me think, I've, I've done a variety of different. I, uh, last year a friend of mine worked for, for Sobeys and Sobeys does a, a a gingerbread making party or whatever at the Glenrose Hospital. So I did that, and that's a tough one. Yeah? Yeah, I can imagine. But, um, hmm, there's, there's a lot of good experiences, so it's, it's hard to nail them down, but, uh, you know, sometimes I've been given small gifts, oranges and candies and things like that, so it's all fun, and every... Every time it seems something new in the experience. So I don't know if I have a favorite one. Probably as I'm driving home, I'll think of it. Yeah, that, that's Murphy's Law. Do you find uh, working at the mall and working a party a very different experience, or are they fundamentally kind of the same? I think the, uh, the party experiences generally are, fair, are, are much shorter. The mall experience is, is kind of a long-term, all-day experience. It's a gauntlet of children all yeah. day. And so I guess at times the parties are kind of more intense, but there's, you know, anywhere from 20 to 70 children, and you sort of go through it, and the parents take pictures, and quite often the parties will have a, an, an elf or a helper that have gifts with names on them, so it just goes through it, and then and it's sort of, it's quick, and it's over, you know. Are you a, are you a huge celebrator of Christmas, or were you were you before all this? I don't know if I was a huge celebrator of Christmas. I'm I'm of Ukrainian descent, so in my family it was always the Ukrainian Christmas Eve. In my family, we celebrated on the 24th rather than on the 6th. But that was sort of the big the big day and evening. And there was the odd time that uh, Christmas Day was a little anticlimactic. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, thank God, a few years ago, my family and I every Christmas Day was uh, the next Lord of the Rings movie at the IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Christmas tradition, I think. Anyway, I don't know about you. Do you think I'm, that I'm probably going to see the new Hobbit movie around Christmas time? It's a I'm Christmas tradition now. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Do you think this is something you'll you'll keep doing for a number of years, or, or is there such thing as Santa fatigue? I, I think perhaps for some there's Santa fatigue. I've been doing it for only a little while, so I. I'd like to think that I'll be able to do it for much longer, and I'm looking for my beard to actually get whiter, so there's <laughs> sort of less, less prep time to get ready to do it, but uh, I'm ready to keep on going for as, as long as I can. I, I suspect someday or other they'll make me retire my day job, but you know, <laughs> the, the Santa thing I'm looking forward to every year. That's great. You mentioned uh, keeping your beard white. Uh, are you actually required to keep a certain weight to be Santa Claus? Uh, I don't really think so. I, I realize that, you know, in all the little paraphernalia that you can get for the suit, uh, a padded belly is one of the options, but uh, I tried one of those on one time, and with mine and with that belly together, it was, like, impossible to do up the jacket. <laughs> so I would like to personally, you know, get a little more fit next year. I've been slowly, slowly working at eating a little better, so maybe, you know, baby steps, you know, five-house walk and then a ten-house walk or something like that. <laughs> That's a good call. You, you'll, maybe you can ask uh, Santa for a pedometer or something for Christmas <laughs> and track your progress. He's uh, probably very generous to uh, people who help him out this time of year, I would, I would assume. I would think so. I would oh, think yeah. so. Um, with uh, one final question I have about the beard is you quite often you see in movies or, or at malls kids wanting to make sure – the beard is real. Do you get some of that when you're sitting in the chair? I do, but it's actually more often babies. That you know, a of small course. baby will yeah. get their little fist and and grab a hold of the beard. And and I have comment heard comments that go, yeah, his beard is real. So I think it's <laughs> it's an important thing. And 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 also with the with the beard, for those small type Santas that have the fake beard, you can't. You can't see their their mouth or lips. You can't see their smile. You can't see it. So unless they have extremely emotive eyes, I think the real thing is the way to go. Authentic Santa beard. 
That's where I, I would. I, I absolutely give that a thumbs up. I'm I'm in favor of that. It gets the unknown studio seal of approval. <laughs> absolutely, an authentic Santa beard. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's been great chatting with you, and now it's it's we've come to my favorite time of the show. Are you referring to the Fast Fifteen? You're absolutely right, I am. Greg, we do this with all our guests. The Fast 15 is a segment where we ask 15 questions in a rapid-fire succession. The first 13 questions are, uh, are standard questions we ask of all our guests, and then the last two are questions that we've wrote sort of tailored to our discussion. So are you ready to do the Fast 15? I believe so. Is there fabulous take-home prizes involved with this? There is not just the glory of having done it. So the good feeling, just like the Christmas good feeling. Exactly. You get, you win Christmas cheer. That's right, yeah. Not in the form of a beverage either, unfortunately. No, that, no. I'm no. ready. Where's my buzzer? All right. You, you don't have to buzz and you just have to answer. Here we go. The Fast 15 with Mall Santa Greg Lasky. Number one, your favorite food. I'm a burger man. Just give me some kind of a good juicy burger and I'll run with it. Do you have a favorite burger? Well, I was going to stop at Harvey's on the way home after this uh, <laughs> session, so uh, that's up there anyways, for sure. Point taken. Point right taken. on. Your favorite color? Favorite color? I've often said dull gray. Dull gray, right yeah. on. Uh, when you're using a computer, do you use a Mac or a PC or a Linux system? I'm a PC person. I, I've, I've installed Linux on an old computer, but I sort of never really got into it. But uh, PC. Sure. But not the Windows 8. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> Dogs or cats? I guess I'm a cat person. Coffee or tea? I'm partial to both, actually. Uh, your favorite holiday? Favorite holiday... Any vacation day away from regular work day. <laughs> right on. What about your favorite sport? Favorite sports? Not much of a sports person. I used to follow wrestling at one time, but even that has kind of faded away a little bit. Fair enough. I think that's the first time anybody has said wrestling. I think that might be true, yeah. Which is surprising to me, actually. But uh, there you go. Well, right on. Uh, what about your favorite pastime? Favorite pastime... Well, I've been a Toastmaster. This actually, this right now, December will be 25 years. So, oh, I congratulations! Guess, I guess that's uh, my other side thing. I love that. That's great. What about uh, favorite music right now? Favorite music right now? Let's see. I haven't purchased anything for a while, but uh, I think I'm probably a little bit of a rock and roller anyways at heart so it's usually leans in that direction santa loves rock and roll as it should be yeah really i agree what about your favorite movie favorite movie well with the season we're in right now i would say that uh, a christmas story is one of my favorite ones there it's uh, they you, you watch a movie every every christmas season and that would be on my list and then I've got a couple of favorite Easter movies as well. Oh, cool. Okay. What about uh, a favorite video game? You play video games? Video games? I'm a, uh, I'm terrible at, a vid at video games, but both my children are pretty good with the Xbox, and I will, I will watch them play Mass Effect. That's a game that fascinates me. I've got a Mass Effect hoodie at home even. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh. Actually, a child asked for superpowers the other day, and I told her that she would have to stand in line behind me. But <laughs> in all honesty, I, I really don't know which one I would choose. Fair enough. If, uh, if you had to choose between Star Wars or Star Trek, what would you choose? Fan of both, but I'm looking forward to the Abrams version of Star Wars coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Lean in a little more wars than Trek. It happens. It's okay. We'll, we'll <laughs> carry on. We're into our wild card questions okay. now. Uh, what's, do you have a favorite Christmas song? Christmas song? Oh, yeah, Drummer Boy. Right on. And what about a favorite Christmas gift you've received over the years? Do any spring to mind for you? We were at my wife's Christmas party the other day, and they were doing a Q&A thing and it was actually about your least favorite Christmas gifts. That would that would be acceptable. And, and my 
furthest back memory, I believe I was told I was three at the time, was uh, both my cousin, who's my age, and myself had the red measles for Christmas. So Ooh. it was a, uh, not a great Christmas, but I remember having a little fuzzy animated dog that the remote control back in the day was on a wire and it only had two buttons on it. But having the measles, I remember the dog keeping me happy. So that's probably the one. The, so the simultaneously the worst and best <laughs> Christmas gifts. That's right. That you ever had. Well, that's great. That's the Fast 15 with, uh, with Greg Lasky. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show. It was great yeah, to chat with you. it was fantastic. Absolutely my pleasure. And uh, a Merry Christmas to you and your family. And to you both, gentlemen. Right on. Greg Lasky, everybody. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 92. Our guest, Greg Lasky. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. What do you think it takes to get off Santi's uh, naughty... Santi? Santi's naughty list. I have an Auntie Sandy. I don't know if you're on her naughty list or not. Auntie Sandy. Do you ever confuse her with Santa Claus? Never. She probably doesn't look anything like him. She doesn't have a big bushy beard. Thank. But she does wear a lot of red. Very confusing. <laughs> Mixed for, signals. For a young boy growing <laughs> up, I can't imagine. Okay, let's try that again. <clears throat> <clears throat>